today we're reading out of the book of Acts 3. And I just want to welcome the first-time visitors here to Crossover. Ricky, can uh, put us up? Acts 3, 1. Peter heals the crippled beggar. I just want to take a little time on talk to you about Crossover. You know, God gave us a word about a year and a half ago that there was young adults in the city of Chicago that needed to get connected to Jesus. You know, it's kind of a, a an age group that gets lost in transition. You know, it's when you're you're growing up in church and finally you hit high school and you get lost when you start hearing all the lies of the devil and you begin to search out other things. So the Lord really put it upon my heart and other people in the church that we needed to start something and, and we needed to reach out. Amen. We need to reach out to our own generation and say there's a place here for you where we can talk, where we can come and, and share testimonies and glorify God and we can worship God together. Someone who can uh, identify with you, who can be there for you in times of need, someone who can pray for you, open up their home. And, and so that's really the vision of Crossover. Of course, we have the Metro Praise vision, which is loving God and loving people. So that just falls right under there. Amen. So I believe that, that there's a place, there's places here for many people. If you guys just look over to that side and, and look over to the chairs around you, there's people in our life that need to be here. My brother needs to be here. My brother needs to get saved. Your friends, your, your brothers, your sisters, your coworkers need to be here. We need to reach out to them. We need to stop being so busy in our life, and we need to reach out. But first, before we get into that, because I'm getting ahead of myself, we're going to read Acts 3. It says, One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer at 3 in the afternoon. Now a man crippled from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When, see, when he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold, I do not have. But what I have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking, am I right? When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. Amen. Come on. This passage just caught my eye, my attention. You know, I want to focus on Peter and John for a little bit. If we go back up, you know, there, if we go back to chapter 2, we understand that the disciples were meeting together daily. You guys remember that? They're meeting together daily. They're breaking bread. They're fellowshipping. They're reading the words. Right? So that they're holding on to the teachings of, of the disciples. They're meeting together daily and they have church going on. Come on. Nothing more beautiful than having church and, and getting into the presence of God and having brothers and sisters around us where we can just, just laugh and giggle. And it's genuine fun, right? There's nothing better than that. It's just awesome to have people where you can go to. 
But here are Peter and John on their way again to the temple to pray, to go roll around in God's glory. But God says, you know what? Before you come to me, I have something else for you to do. Before you come right now, you've been spending time in my presence. You've been obedient. You've been coming to me. You're living for me. But hold up. You're loving me, but right now I need you to love my people. Peter and John had to understand and realize that loving people is just as important as loving God. The greatest commandment is to love who? And the second one is to love who? People, your neighbor. Amen? They had to understand. They had to stop and wait and see that God had a different plan for that day, that their schedule was not God's schedule. God's agenda for their life that day was not just for them to go to church, was not for them to just go and receive for themselves. Was, it was for them to pour out into other people. As you receive, as God pours into our life, we need to be ready to pour out into others' lives. Amen? You know, I want to say this before I keep going. Many times I go into church service and I think to myself, you know, I've been saved for three years and I'm living holy and I'm living for Jesus. And I'm doing everything that I can to go after God. So whatever message it is for today, I pray that my neighbor gets it. I pray that the first-time visitor gets it. That's what I say sometimes. And I've caught myself and I've repented for it because I know that the Lord is speaking to me. So if you're in this room right now and you're thinking to yourself, oh, she's speaking to someone else, I want you to receive this message today because God is speaking to every person in this room. Whether you're an elder or a deacon, a leader in the 201, a student, or you're from another church, God is speaking to your heart today. He's wanting to come to you and wake you up and get you out of your schedule, out of your agenda, and say, wake up, because there's people in front of you who are crippled, who are hurt, that need you to stop for them. Peter and John could have came up with an excuse, oh, he's crippled. He was born that way. He's dirty. And even if he does walk, what is he going to do? He's just going to keep begging. Come on, we think like that sometimes. How many times don't we go out and we're driving and there's a man with a sign that says, needs money? How many times? And we just keep walking. This can never happen. Or they could have just been disgusted. But they weren't. They knew the power. They had the authority that was given to them. They knew the word of Christ. Come on. Remember? What is it? In Mark 16 when he said, you will lay your hands on the sick and they will be healed. In Matthew 28, 19, he said, Surely I am with you always. Let's think about that one for a minute. Well, if we just think about how, you know, today we were talking about the Holy Spirit earlier. He is literally in this room. Right now, it is not just this group of people. God's presence, God's Holy Spirit is in this room. When we preach the gospel, we are not on our own. He is with us. He is with us. When we feel that conviction and God telling us, go speak to that person, and we don't, he's the one telling you because you know what? He's with you. And when you, when you go, he's going to give you the words to speak. He's with us. So if the Holy Spirit is really with us, it's not about the fancy words. It's not about how loud you can or you cannot get. It's about believing and having faith that he alone can do it. it all it takes is your obedience and your willingness to stop for the one. Everybody say the one. The Holy Spirit, come on. You know, many times we get into this just religion and just church mentality. The Holy Spirit wants to break loose. How many of you believe that? 
He wants to break loose in the city of Chicago into Wicker Park. He wants to break loose all over into the high schools, into your family's life into your workplace. He wants to break loose, but he's waiting for you and I to stop being scared. He's waiting for you and I to stop shaking in our boots and wondering what people are thinking about us. What if we fail? What if it doesn't work? What if I lay my hands on this person and I say, get up in the name of Jesus, and they don't get up, and then there's people staring at us? What if? I'm going to tell you a story about Jared and I at, at Wright College. We're sitting there having a conversation with with this boy. His name was Raul, and he had been paralyzed. I believe he was born that way. I don't remember. And Jared and I are are trying to explain to Raul what's going to happen. Well, we're going to pray for you, and we're going to lay hands on you, and then we're going to say, be healed in Jesus' name, right? And we, like, explain everything, and then you're going to get up, and then you're going to walk, okay? And then we grab him by the hands in the middle of the cafeteria, and people are watching, and we're walking this man across the cafeteria. Can he walk? No, he can't walk. Was that faith? Dude, that was, that was us trying to explain to him and trying to make him believe you're going to be healed because of this. We don't have to explain anything to anyone. We say get up and walk in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen? So we don't have to explain. Let me say that one more time because it's been more than one time I've done that with somebody. You know, we were here in the healing, and there was a man with in a wheelchair. We did the same thing and ex- explain. Why do we have to explain? When we try to explain God, it doesn't, doesn't work. We cannot explain who he is. We cannot explain his power to the fullness. We cannot do it, so we just act upon it and show people. We show people who he is. Come on. We got to be bold. We got to be confident. Come on, have you ever seen someone who's confident? They walk, walk around with their head up high, right, shoulders back, and they, they know who they are. We've got to know who we are in Christ. We've got to be so bold and so confident like Elijah that he'll boast about who his God is and say, I can call down fire and he will answer. That's how bold we need to be. When we go out on the street and people are mocking us, we need to be able to lay hands on them and while they're still talking and just prophesy things over their life. Come on. We need to just say, you know what? I don't care what you're saying right now. Be healed in the name of Jesus. We need to step up in boldness. Step up to the plate. Be ready to fight. Be ready to show people who our God is. Because when we try to explain who he is, it doesn't happen. You, you might say, well, I don't have the talents. Come on. They said silver and gold I do not have. But many of us stop there. I don't have the money. I don't have the resources. Come on, I, I run into so many homeless people, and I say to myself, Lord, if you bring me another homeless person, I don't know how I'm going to do it, because ha- we don't have the facilities. We don't have places to take them. We don't have a place for battered women, for, for children who are abused. We don't have them yet, but in the name of Jesus, we will have them soon. But come on, some of, I can say, Lord, I don't have the facility. I'm not going to go talk to that person. I don't have the talent. I don't know how to treat children. Why am I going to go talk to that little child? I'm only good with teenagers. I'm only good with adults. Lord, I don't have the words to speak. Lord, I'm scared. Or, you know, I don't have this. I don't have that. But he says, no, silver and gold I do not have. But what I have, I give you. Let me tell you what you got. Come on, you got the Holy Ghost on the inside. Come on. And he said that he gave you the spirit of power, of love, and of sound mind. We have power on the inside. We have the fruit of the Spirit like we spoke about in the morning. 
who gives us all things, all that love, joy, peace, patience, it's to pour out, it's to show the world who we are. Because the fruit of the Spirit is contradictory to the sinful nature. Come on. So when we have the fruit of the Spirit, we stand out, we stand apart. So we're able to do the work of God. In Ephesians 1.17, he says, he asked that, they would give, that God would give the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that we may know him better. Come on. If we got the spirit of wisdom and revelation and we know God better and we know him personally, we can walk in the confidence that it takes. Come on, take out the word faith. Let's confidence now. If we walk in confidence, step out in confidence, we will believe the word of God. We will do the work that he has called us to do. We will lay the hands on the sick, on the beggared. We will not make excuses any longer. And we will just allow it to happen. You know, when we were in New Orleans, we had a great time. We were preaching the gospel and we were doing amazing things. And we met other brothers and sisters out there. And I remember meeting this, this great girl. And we're like, the last night we were going to go out, you know, preaching the gospel. And we said, come, oh, man, it's so much fun. God is just amazing. And we see all these crazy things happening, you know, demons shrieking and stuff. Come. And she was like, yeah, 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 I'm going to go, I'm going to go. And then, like, an hour before we're about to leave, she calls me and says, or she calls my sister and says, you know what? I'm not going to go because I'm being restored right now. And, and, you know, I don't think it's so good for me to go out there and do that. I just don't think it's the place for me to be. The devil is a liar. Come on now. Somebody say the devil is a liar. It does not matter if you're being restored or not. That is a perfect place to start. If the devil had been messing with you for so long, it's a perfect place to get up and fight back. So fight back. You know, I remember one time I was just so angry at the enemy. I thought he had done something to me when really he didn't. But anyways, I was so upset. And I was like, devil, I can't stand you. You're always messing with my friends. And so I get up. I'm like, the first person I see, I'm just going to go talk to about Jesus. You know, I was so angry. I'm like, this is how I'm going to get you back. Of course it should be for God. But I was like trying to fight back, you know. So I'm like, I'm going to go talk to somebody about Jesus. So when the devil kicks you, come on, kick him back. Go talk to somebody about Jesus. Go worship the Lord. Go get on your knees and pray for someone. Intercede. Come on, if you got bitterness in your heart right now against somebody, don't curse them out. Bless them. And the devil will quit playing that, that record in your mind. So tonight, if you feel like, man, I'm being restored, that's not a place for me to be. Come on, the Bible says to be prepared in season and out of season. If you think this is not the season for you, let me tell you, you're wrong. Because God is calling you to go preach the gospel. Get up. Pick yourself up. Preach the gospel with boldness. Go out and preach the mercy and the grace that God has poured out upon you. Amen? God is good. Amen? He is too good for these chairs to be empty. You guys have too much, too great of a testimony for it to be wasted. We should be sharing our testimony every day, and these chairs should be filled. Come on. In those breakout groups, instead of just playing around with each other, we need to be pouring out into other people who are lost. We need to be pouring out into the people we left behind in the world. Come on, Lord. You left some people in the clubs. Go get them. You left some people in the bar. I don't know who. I left some people in the bar. I need to go get them. You left some people in school, Jonathan. You left some people in high school, in baseball. Go get them. Go get them. If they're sick, pray for them. Come on. You might say silver and gold I do not have, but what I have I give you. Let me share with you my testimony. I don't have much. Come on, you can say that to God. God, I don't have much, but what I have I give you. God, I failed, Lord. 
But what I have right now, I give you. I have a voice right now, my king, and I'm going to give this voice to you. You can put up the picture of our pastors up there. Come on, we don't have much in this world. Everything we have has been given to us. It's for God's glory. So here's the challenge. Next week, I want every person in this place to bring somebody. Every person, say every person in this place. Come on, this is not a burden. Every person in this place to bring somebody. You bring somebody, whether they come kicking and screaming, if you just met them on the bus stop like two minutes before crossover started, you bring them. Do we need another church service? I don't think so. We got enough Bible study. We got enough church Sunday morning. We don't need it. Guys, what we need to do is start acting in our faith. These men, Peter and John, were acting on faith. They had faith-filled words. They had faith-filled action. Let that be us. Let that be us who stops in, in our path on our way to work and says, I need to talk to this person about Jesus. we got to be intentional with our evangelism. You have to say to yourself, yes, today is not Friday. Today is not Wicker Park. But guess what? Today I feel like telling somebody about Jesus. Come on, when I go to Dunkin' Donuts, I'm going to talk to somebody about Jesus. When I go to Walgreens, I'm going to talk to somebody about Jesus. And it draws a crowd. Let me tell you about Vanessa at Walgreens. There's a, uh, we're going out evangelizing on Friday. And not at Walgreens, but at, at the Diversity Project. And there's a, there's a girl in her wheelchair, but our plan is not to evangelize at Walgreens, so nobody else stops except Vanessa, and I don't know who else. Um, but she stops for the what? And she begins to pray for this girl who's in a wheelchair, and guess what? It draws a crowd. And people stop and watch and listen and hear. When was the last time you saw somebody do that? When was the last time you walked into Target and you saw somebody praying? When? It doesn't happen. It's rare. Let that be us. Come on, people say that we're radical Christians. I think there's more in you. I think there's more in us. I think there's more boldness that's ready to be poured out today. There's more fire that's ready to be poured out today. More passion, more compassion more fear of the Lord, fear of hell. Come on, revelations of heaven and of hell. Silver and gold I do not have, God, but what I have I give you. Look at these men and women up here. Silver and gold they do not have, but what they have they give. Many of these people are laying their lives down. They're putting their families in danger. I'm not saying they're all poor and they have nothing to eat, but they're giving it all they have. God, I have one life to give. You take it. They're stopping for the one. They're stopping for the children. They're stopping for the cripple. They're stopping for the untouchables. Let that be us. Let us show the rest of the world that we're fighting right with them, that we're not afraid of what people think or their reaction to us preaching the gospel, their reaction to us stopping to pray for someone. We're right there with them. We're believing the gospel. We're believing when Jesus said he would be with us. He would call labor with us. We believe the same Bible that they're reading. Amen? Come on, let, us, let there be a fire burning up in this place. A fire, a passion. Just no more church, God. I don't want religion anymore. I want to see your children saved. 
Many times I used to come into this place and say, when is Pastor Joe going to cast out another demon? When is Rachel going to get another uh, word of wisdom or knowledge? When are we going to have another speaker come in so he can just bring the fire? When are we going to do it? When are we going to rise and understand that God has given us the spirit? The same spirit that was in Christ Jesus is in us. We have to wake up. This is not a clique. This is not a group just to come and and have a great time. Of course, we love each other. But this is a place to fight, a place of battle. This life is temporary, and we need to bring all that we can with us to the king because he is worthy of all praise. Amen? Hallelujah, Jesus. 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 Father, I pray in the name of Jesus Christ that we would just lay our life down, Lord. That our flesh would die tonight in the name of Jesus. That a boldness and a fire would arise within us to preach your gospel, Lord. To stop for the one, Lord, and pray for them and see you move. See you move mightily, my King. See you open blind eyes. See you raise people, dear God, from wheelchairs. Father, see AIDS and cancer die in the name of Jesus. Father, I declare that that we would believe the word that we read every day. Father, I declare that we would desire to advance your gospel daily, Lord, to make you known in the city of Chicago, my King. I pray that there would never be another day where we just believe that it's all about us, Lord. But that we would wake up and understand, Lord, that our life is not our own. Lord, you will receive the glory, Lord. Now use us. Use this group, my King, to reach out. I pray, Father, that we would reach out to our friends, Lord, to our co-workers, the people so close to us, my King, that we would pray them into the kingdom, that we would get on our knees and cry out for them, Lord, that we would intercede, that we would bind up demons, O oh God, that we would just believe your word when you said that anything that we bind on earth would be bound in heaven and anything we loose on earth would be loosed in heaven. Father, have your way in our life, my King. Holy Spirit, spur us on. Give us each individual words that would show us our purpose in this world. Father, there's people in this room that don't know a specific calling, but you've called us all to be soul winners. You've called us all to be teachers, dear God, of your gospel. I pray for clarity in this room. Jesus, I bind up the spirit of religion in the name of Jesus. Devil, you have no authority in this place over this ministry. I cast you out right now in the name of Jesus. I declare that every person in this room would go forth and do what you've called them to do. Every person in this room would have divine appointments this week. Lord, that you would draw people unto them, Lord, to to hear testimonies. That you would put faces, dear God, names of people they haven't spoken to, Lord. And they would preach, dear God, and they would testify of how good you are, Lord. In the name of Jesus, lead us, Holy Spirit. Guide us. Convict us, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you, King. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, my goodness. I feel like we need to pray. 
Hallelujah. Come on, Ricky, put a song out. We're going to spend some time. Right now, I want you guys to come up to the altar right now, and I just want you to, to tell the Lord what you're going to give him. Tell him how you're going to preach his gospel, how you're going to glorify him in your life, how you're going to stop for the one when he places them right before you, how when you're on your way to work and you see someone on the corner, you will stop to share the love of Christ, to preach the gospel to testify of how he's poured out grace and mercy on your life and how they need him. Jesus, if your heart in this place has been hardened, if you don't even see the point anymore, ask the Lord to break you. Come on, if you have the desire to preach but you're afraid, come on, ask for boldness. Ask for the spirit of power to come upon you.